Because of the coronavirus epidemic and to respect social distancing guidelines, this episode of Civil Politics was recorded remotely over Zoom. Hello, good evening, and welcome to Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm Michael Dow. I'm doing the show tonight with my good buddies, John and Sue. Hello. Hey there. And uh, yeah, before we get into talking about stuff, I do just like to mention that we'd love to hear from you. And the best way to reach us is just good old fashioned email. Uh, contact at civilpoliticsradio.com, which is, of course, our website. It has previous recordings of episodes of the show and good stuff like that. Absolutely worth your time. Um, and not a, you know, secret fishing site for the Russian Communist Party. Not anymore. Uh, right. Because, man, their their credit cards are all blocked, man. Their payments aren't coming through. Yeah. I mean, we, yeah. we, uh, we got rid of all that stuff like, like at least a month ago. So. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yep. <laughs> Those nice North Koreans have expressed some interest, though. So I mean, Ooh. anything's yeah, <laughs> yeah. Actually, did, did we the not the thing we wanted to talk about? But did you guys hear that Kim Jong Un is apparently going to make a state visit to Russia to talk about selling yeah. arms to the Russians? Yep. In his his uh, special train that weighs a million tons and has armor all over it. Yep, he's taking the yep. train to Russia. Well, and uh, they're I mean, like, the don't, everybody's like, don't do that. Stop. No, no. <laughs> it's, it's almost like they're an outlaw nation that doesn't care what the rest of the world thinks. <laughs> yeah. 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 And they got lots of munitions. I wonder if they want to weaken themselves by giving them to Russia. Because, you know, he's stockpiled stuff, so he's ready to go. They he may they, not want to. They spend a lot on, uh, on that, too. So I imagine, yeah. you know. But so to kick off uh, the actual stuff we want to talk about tonight, John, can you give us an update on what's going on with the strikes in Hollywood and uh, Detroit and other places where uh, honest people uh, earn a living by the toil and sweat of their brow? Wow, that's. <laughs> Have you been uh, reading Grapes of Wrath again, Mike? <laughs> You've been doing that. You know I can't read. <laughs> it's true. Have you been having your servants read Grapes of Wrath? <laughs> anyway, um, there are yes. Uh, <laughs> so the um, the the strikes he lets his servants read. He lets his servants learn to read. Never mind. I, Sorry, Mike. I'm, I'm not a monster. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, the strikes have been going on for uh, over, like the 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 SAG-AFTRA strike is definitely over forty days. I think it's approaching fifty. Mm -hmm. um, the uh, the WGA strike is well over a hundred. It is approaching like one twenty. I think. Yep. I didn't check before the show, um, but they have been striking since May. Uh, and the SAG after it has been uh, WGA is the writers, the t television writers, and SAG after it is the actors. Now, WGA has been striking since May. SAG after yeah, so that's since that's July. four months. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, it's this is crazy. Um, 
news that I've seen uh, this this past week, uh, some of the W some of the people striking um, are starting to get into financial trouble. Um, yeah. You know, uh, they they're starting to not be able to pay rent and things, which is uh, if you remember a few months ago, something this the the studio heads what we're talking about there was a comment that was uh in the press that they said we'll just hold out until they start losing their homes yeah and yeah, this is this is explicitly their bargaining strategy yeah, yeah. basically except it's not actually them bargaining out. yeah um wait a minute there is wait there isn't it i'm sorry what sorry uh I didn't mean to. yes you said it too wait wait them out yep <laughs> yeah sorry them out, out. Mm-hmm. Yep. um and there are there are multiple stories, deadline, variety, especially deadline, um, because that's where they leak their information, like about how studio heads are like, oh, they're just being greedy and they shouldn't. Well, they're ruining the industry. They're ruining lives. Like, come on, you know, and it's exhausting. Anyway, uh, the other thing is the uh, SAG-AFTRA um, committee, uh, ruling committee, has uh, authorized a strike, um, a strike vote. So against the the video game industry. <laughs> so they oh, might strike against them too, because voice acting mocap in uh, is very very important to AAA games now, and they want protections and uh, uh, and more pay for their actors in when they do video games. So their contract, they're negotiating until the end of September. If they don't reach a deal, then they're going to ask for a strike authorization from the from the membership. If they get that, then they're going to go on strike from video games too. There's going to be a double strike. Um, <laughs> insane. Uh, we already talked about the auto workers, I think. I don't know. Like sometimes I talk about stuff and it gets cut out. So the auto workers uh, from uh, the auto union, which is about 150,000 people, um, a little bit more than the 140-something thousand people in WGA and SAG-AFTRA, they're planning on going on strike if they don't get uh, the deal they want by mid-September. So they got like 10 days or so of the um, – the big three. Um, so usually they strike against like one of them, like just Ford, you know, they are probably going to strike against all of them, which is, which going is to, uh, uh, screw crazy. Three American Amazing. companies. Yeah. Although yeah. Chrysler was owned by Germany for a while, but Ford, Chevy and Chrysler. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, the company that owns uh, Chrysler now, I forget what it's called, but General Motors. Yeah. Yes. No, no. Uh, it used to be Daimler, but they sold it to like a French yeah. company. It's yeah, it's some other company oh. now. So, it's Chrysler, Jeep, eight other com- other brands. Yeah, yep. but, but yeah, the, the auto workers are going to strike. These um, Hollywood is like the actors and writers are striking. Uh, the airlines, um, the airlines, the the. Um, American Airlines, the workers, uh, the flight attendants. Flight att- I was trying to, to think of flight attendants because it's not yeah. stewardess. Um, it's yeah, the flight attendants it's are trying to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah but that, mm. but the uh, like actors and not actresses. Yep, exactly. Yeah. The um, the pilots went on strike and they got a deal. 
which is great. They got mm-hmm. more pay and better working conditions. So the the mm-hmm. flight attendants are like, yeah, us too. So are there truckers <sighs> threatening? I I thought I saw something truckers? about Teamsters or something. Well, yeah, the UPS drivers are, were. I don't think the Teamsters. I mean the the UPS workers like in like uh, are um, part of Teamsters. I think I think that's like their parent union so that might have been it but like i'm not yeah i I haven't heard anything about truckers or maybe it was just people talking about that they can't hire anybody to drive trucks across country and the benefits are down and the diesel's so expensive they're getting squeezed so a lot of people getting squeezed i mean honestly everybody's getting squeezed yeah i mean honestly that's why this is happening why so many people are straight People just we're not making enough. Nobody is making enough money. Like it's well, none of the workers. Like none the, of the, no, none the, of the, the people that actually create and and make things. The tiny elite <laughs> investor class is cleaning up. Exactly, so. exactly. That I mean the the people that, that like there are people living paycheck to paycheck that work mm-hmm. a lot, um, and they deserve. Yep. Uh, the the money that they a part of the money that they've been creating like um, I think about the writers been, been, that have been on strike there are so many great movies and so many great TV shows and Disney for for one or Netflix their whole business model is predicated on writers making passable stuff you know working. Yeah. And if they don't have writers, if they don't have actors, they don't have content. If they don't have content. They can't do anything. It's not like they can. They they'll have to truck it in from overseas or something. You know, like a uh, CW do you think- has been by uh, buying the rights to air a lot of Canadian shows to mm. fill out their thing. Uh, Sue, what were you saying? Sorry, I was going to say we talked about this before, but I, you know, I think there's a threat from AI also. Right. That that's oh, absolutely. Yeah, that is a huge part of what they're but negotiating Jenner, you, about. You were saying that's just never going to be equivalent because it's it's reproduced. It's not creative. It's, it's yeah. Well, with writing, it won't be equivalent because it's um, like we the and it's let's be clear. It's ge- um, generative AI. You feed it. You feed it information, and then it takes all that information and analyzes it, and then spits out something that is approximate to that um according to prompts so if you feed it all the works of shakespeare then you can say write an original uh script for shakespeare and it'll spit out something that is approximately what all of like the the style and and the information in the in those works that's Probably what it is a, a drunkard's version of you know as you'd yeah. like it or something you know basically yeah, yeah. Um, it probably would be kind of original. So, Love's labors like it, yeah. Or something. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, with the thing with AI that the actors and writers are worried about is that the studios have plans, and they've talked about this to take old older shows or to take popular shows, put it into AI, feed it all that information, have it spit out like uh, TV ideas, like plots and stuff, and then give it to writers to punch up. And also uh, the idea of like, well, you know, uh, we could hire 
you know, someone with the distinct and rugged good looks of Michael Dow say, you know, why not? But how about instead of paying Michael Dow the absorbent salary, which otherwise he would absolutely deserve for lending his enormous talents to our enterprise, Mm -hmm. instead, Mm -hmm. let's uh, just, you know, get a good digital modeling of his appearance. And, you know, as he pulls faces and whatever the heck he does, and then and, and his voice, too. And then we'll just have a dude in a green suit sort of walk around the set and, uh, you know, strike the poses and, well, you know, CGI Mike Dow over that. And we won't have to pay him a thing, you know, because we'll just have the rights to use his likeness in any way we feel like. And yep. we'll, you know, just yep. have a like a voice generator that spits out, you know, Mike Dow's voice. Just, you know, type in the the dialogue and it'll say it. And there we go. And we maybe can be like, you know, you know, inflection, angry, say angry, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. One of and, the, and, I, yeah. and, you know, I at that like, point, it's like, why would you, on the one hand, it's, it sounds awful, but on the other hand, they're like, eh, you know, like Robert Downey Jr., you know, cyber version is probably good enough that like it's worth doing. Cause I mean, you know, mm-hmm. I pay him $20 million when we can do it for, you know, three fifty. Yeah, and that that's one of the major things about why why this strike is lasting so long because it's not just about better pay, it's also about um safer work environments for actors. Uh there's mm. protections against uh sexual and, harassment and things like and that. And the crews also. And, well, yeah. this is it's just specifically the, the actors, but the it's, actors, yeah. So the crews are have another they're, they're, contract. The the safety and harassment stuff is like for the whole production, basically. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's safe for it's good for everybody. But also, yeah. the main main thing, one of the biggest things, is AI and yeah. making sure that the studios don't start use don't start scanning people. They don't have complete control of your likeness for in perpetuity, because yeah. that is something that the that they were planning on doing one of the original things in the contracts that uh way back in like july that the actors were disagreeing with was the studios wanted to be able to put someone in like a background actor scan the hell out of them get their likeness and everything down and then be able to put them in wherever they would just own that like that face so if they needed like a crowd of people then they could just put the, that face in the background, right? Instead of paying like, a like bunch why of hire day players, yeah, actresses in MGM in the olden days, Metro Golden Meyer, Mayor, um, they used to own them. They couldn't, yeah, they they had no negotiating yeah. power at all. Mm-hmm. I heard this great argument. Um, you know how Trump's been selling his mugshot on mugs and things, making lots of money. Yep. Turns out the sheriff's department in Fulton County <laughs> has the rights to that image. They don't have the rights to use his image to make money, but he doesn't have a right to that photograph. Oh, that's and that if they dis- if they decided to, they just let him rack up, you know, $20 million in mugs and t-shirts. And then they just pull a, pull the ripcord and they could get that money, help them build some new prisons or whatever they want to do. But I just yeah. thought that was a great argument because they actually do hold the copyright of the mugshot. He owns the right to his image, but that mugshot in particular, so, that photograph. So neither side sure. can use it without the other's permission, which makes that sense. Exactly. So that actually makes sense because it's like, oh, you know, Charles Manson can't be selling T-shirts with his mugshot on it, but also, not, you know, the state can't be profiting off of the 
image of a, image. Of, a of a prisoner or whatever you know and i mean like yep. charles manson ah, screw him who who cares you know but you know yeah. just you know most the vast vast majority of people locked up in our prisons with mug shots the state could 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 use are not horrible monsters like Charles Manson. <laughs> so there, I mean, there are specific laws against against people convicted and, and serving time profiting off of their likenesses and their work. Yeah, that's um, a whole separate thing. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Uh, I know that we wanted to talk about that. Like Sue, what what if how what are you saying about this? What do you think? Well, I'll digress just a whisker here. I read a great article by uh, Elizabeth Colbert. Do you know who she is? She wrote the sixth, the sixth extinction. extinction. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, she, she got sure. a. Yeah, she's got a great article. She's like a environmentalist, geologist. I don't know all kinds of things, but she's a great writer. And she has a piece in the New Yorker this week. Um, she's talking about the. Um, you'll see in a second where I'm going with this. She had a great piece on the whales and whether we're ever going to be able to tell if they are communicating with their clicks and everything. So they're going to use AI. They're recording a lot of the clicking from sperm whales, I think. And they're recording a lot of clicking and then they're going to feed it into AI and see if there's a pattern that we can't recognize, but that AI could make something of. So like this really cool, cool research project because they want to understand what they're because they seem to talk a lot when they're on the surface and then they do some you know they think they're really communicating right so anyway during the article she has fed into ai um uh right moby dick from the whale's perspective (laughs) (laughs) and she quotes it throughout the article it's really good it's really something it's about you know the the great white well, having a discussion about why he Ahab doesn't understand them and that, you know, if they could only communicate, but it, it was well done. And I was thinking, I am shocked that AI came up with that. And she ends the article on it. I'll let people mm-hmm. read it who, who want to read it. But that ability to synthesize, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm struggling with it. And the ability to take somebody else's images or somebody else's songs and just take a small piece of it. And the copyright law or the, um, the yeah, who um, has the rights to it? Yeah. yeah, it's it's because you know humankind has always brought their culture ahead that way. You know, not, the Magnificent Seven was a knockoff of uh, a, a Japanese the Seven film. Yeah, it yeah. you know it, it's and actually it's the really original common. Japanese title translates to the seven the seven magnificent things you know whatever so like the the in in english is just registered given as seven samurai so it doesn't conflict with the uh american version but the american version actually just took the title too so yes yep they still well and that happens so much and how we set these rules and how we think about it i i think is really hard because i do think there's a value to an ongoing um, circling back to a business and the ability to finance it and set it up and whether the first years when, you know, you're not making any money, but you're still the owner. And then people who work for you later and, you know, see what you're making and want a bigger piece of the pie than you think they should have. You know, I, I, I think that when, well, you guys know that when, when there's a union, I always think that means that there's been some sort of a breakdown in the natural relationship between you know, people and the people that employ them and their jobs. And I, I like, you know, 
you, you both know I like cooperatives and profit sharing and all that. I, I, I think there's a problem. I think you're right that the, uh, the studios got too, too greedy and they wanted to take the artist's images. They got, they dug too deep. Yeah. Yeah. The streaming, <laughs> you know, the streaming contracts, everybody's living off sort of the cheap labor because nobody's paying the original artists for all, mm-hmm. all the streaming content. Yep. So the, the model's really broken. They have to, they have to rejigger it so that it, that it, you know, reflects what the value is. But if they raise the price on streaming too high, everybody stops subscribing to their streaming service. It's sort of yeah. a, it's a, it's a balancing act. And, um, I, I'm so different from you guys. Sometimes I, I have trouble sort of translating my belief system into something that would make sense to you all. And we talked before about rank control and I don't, I don't really want the government deciding what the, what properties worth or, you know, but you have to either have a central decision or market driven decision. I don't, I don't think that things that are both, really work very well. And so with rent control, I mean, a lot of the places where there were rent control, there was a huge problem. You know, everybody admits it, but how do you, how do you balance so that property owners don't just leave their rent control buildings in terrible disarray and people who are in rent control properties don't hand them down like a legacy to their friends and family. I, I knew doctors that were in rent control departments in Boston. You know, it's like, I wow. Mean, just with rent, if I can just say like with rent control, the other thing is not just uh, who controls it and like the government controlling the, the, the property of, of someone else, which is, which is honestly – a concern, uh, and I'm not going to say that's not a concern that I that I don't think about as well. But also, trying to protect culture, uh, trying to protect the neighborhoods from uh, from being gentrified. Um, think about like Harlem, that is a center of black excellence, and it could be gentrified, and a ton of white people could could move in. And there, yep. and then that's gone. You Happened know, in and, the south end of Boston, they just gentrified it. Everything was gone. That it was yeah. so cool, and you know, all these yuppies moved in, and the prices went through the roof, and all the brownstones mm-hmm. went to yeah. And, and gay the, people you, were the worst well, offenders, actually. And, and destroy men. and destroying neighborhoods. Also, that's the north end used to have like a thriving, you know, immigrant Jewish community. Uh, uh, Leonard Nimoy grew up there. Uh, but that was all like the, the buildings, you know, he lived in were all demolished to make way for the interstate 93. And, and the, I mean, and, the other and, thing and Central is- Park was originally a, 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 a neighborhood in New York where there were a lot of, uh, black people who owned the, 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 their homes there. Shocking. And so of course that's, yeah. And of course that's where it's like, that's well, we're going to kick it. all those people out <laughs> yeah. and put the park there. So the, the other thing I wanted to mention with rent control, especially in larger cities is uh, like, I, I think about New York, where are the people that the, where are the lower level people, the, the blue collar, the white collar workers, where are they going to live? Staten Island. no, That'll get expensive too, and they'll just keep getting pushed out and pushed out, yeah. pushed out, because more people, more rich people, want to move here and here and here. And it, what if that? I mean, there, there's going to be people that clean office buildings that live an hour away. Yeah, 
Yep. You know, by car even or by train or, or somewhere. You know, there's not there's people that will own stores and and like stores that white people I'm sorry, it's usually white people that's gentrifying places, you know. But stores <laughs> that rich people. people rich people equals yeah. white people. Stores that rich people go to that they're like, Oh, this is such a cute place. We love it. This is why we moved here. And that person that owns it can't afford to live in their neighborhood. Yeah. And they have to to commute from Staten Island to Manhattan or whatever. I don't know what New York means, but um, th- they have to commute like an hour to get to their own store. Uh, how are they going to do that? How are they going to afford to be a cute little place that has appropriate prices when rent goes through the roof because the the area is is all built up and and full of rich people now? So the no. Um, that happened in Harvard Harvard Square. You know, yeah, all yep. the cool magazine places and the candy mm-hmm, store. It's mm-hmm. all changed now. Victor and Hugo's whole, the bookstore. Yep. Newberry, the original yep. Newberry Comics. and Look at uh, Main Street in Northampton. Uh, uh, Same, Pandemonium Games. Cafe. Sorry, yeah. Yep, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Sorry, what did you say, John? Look at Main Street, Northampton. Main Street, Northampton. Yeah, yeah. Same the deal. rents are and they're gonna the, make it worse. Yeah, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna cut out all the parking. Like, so oh I God. I completely understand like <laughs> the issues with rent control. I am not just throwing that out, and I, I I'm going to break with my fellow progressives, and say not all landlords are, are terrible people. They're not. You know, some some landlords actually like are they just Meet own halfway. the building. Yeah. You know, yeah. our yeah. landlord Meet- is great he's a great guy he's very understanding and if there's a if there's an issue he tries to fix it yeah and yeah. it's, it's well, because we pay our rent on time but he doesn't it like he could charge so much for our place but because we've been here a long time and we pay our rent on time and he owns the building outright he's like eh, it's fine you know yep so the like when you have rent control i think there should be a floor um, or like a like a ceiling, but like not like too low, like not like a hundred dollars a month for a place in Manhattan. But still, there should be a there should be a ceiling because you know single mothers need a place to live. <laughs> you know the, the the people who collect the garbage and drive the subways need places to live. Yeah, you know the I, people I've that got... serve you, the people that clean clean your homes, the people that do all all the grunt work. The that, people that do the work that make the city function. Exactly. They have to live. But I've, like, you know. So we are actually at the halfway point of the show, and I certainly have some things I'd like to say, and I don't want to cut you guys off either. But I think this is a good time for us to play some PSAs, promos, and station IDs, uh, give our listeners a chance to catch their breath. And um, yeah, and then we'll be back with more civil politics in just a couple minutes. So please don't go away. We will be right back. Table of Contents is a weekly music program that assembles an assortment of songs and sounds of many genres, and which may entail literally taking a random collection of musical sources off the shelf and giving them a turn on the table or spin in a CD or tape player, each week presenting shows which can at times be organized orderly and at other times perhaps be not as much so, yet never dull. Tune in Friday nights, 10 p.m. till midnight on WXOJ LP, Northampton 103.3 FM. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. 
cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Hey, this is Wendy, host of Valley Free Radio's subculture music program, featuring new wave, post-punk, indie, and electronic music from the 70s to today. Join me every Friday night from 8 to 10 p.m. here on WXOJ, or stream it live from your favorite listening device at valleyfreeradio.org. And we're back with Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. Uh, we are also the home of OK Asia. So if you're listening from Japan, waiting for that to come on, uh, konnichiwa. Um, yeah, so Sue, you were uh, talking about uh, Harvard Square in uh, Cambridge, Massachusetts. In the, our uh, fair city. Ah, fair city. <laughs> um, I listen to Car Talk. <laughs> I love Car Talk. I miss them. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, when we're not so talking about my- keeping American dollars out of Cuba, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Harvard Square used to be this really cool place. Like as a teenager, I used to love going there and going to like you know funky little stores and finding stuff. You know, Millionaire Picnic, which. Actually, it might still be there, but they were like this really cool little like hole in the wall comic book shop that carry stuff that you couldn't find elsewhere. So that was cool. Coffee, coffee connection and the garage mm-hmm. and yeah, Cafe Delger. Cafe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sunflower Cafe where the um, SDS got its start. Yeah, it's all good. Anyway, so it got it got gentrified. You know, mm-hmm. prices got really high and it it it. All those stores either moved out to North Cambridge, out further out Mass Ave at the lower rent district, or to Somerville. And Somerville's kind of a student ghetto. But, you know, the artists and everybody, the, the cool stores moved to Somerville, and Somerville's got a great vibe now. Yeah. You guys were saying, yeah, the same thing's happening in Northampton. It's moving to East Hampton. I'm saying that's a natural, that's a, that's a life, uh, you know, sort of the normal life of a of what happens you know you get uh competition efficiency you have empty buildings artists move in you know then the gay people come it's it's a it's a life cycle <laughs> then the gay people come it's like they do the gays you know, are coming yeah <laughs> fabulous yep, with all their they're, they're men with their interior decorators and the women who are so sensible the lesbians. Anyway, I'll, I'll be thrown out of the party for that. Yep. But that life, that life cycle is normal. You want competition and efficiency rewarded and people taking over buildings that fell out of use. It's, I mean, that's that's destruction and construction. That's a well, normal it's, it's cycle. It's normal. Well, it's, I, I, you know, cycles of uh, ebb and flow, I think, are certainly, you know, waxing and waning. Certainly are do seem to be just how the universe works, for sure. But at the same time, part of that's because, like, we're used to this idea of uh, population growth, urban expansion, and economic expansion and part driven by that population growth. And I mean, one of well, the reasons death why- Death of industries. Death of well, industries, too. Sure. And, and that, again, comes with our innovation culture. So like one of the, um, you know, one of the reasons why uh, the U.S. economy uh, isn't booming the way it was in the 1950s is, uh, well, because of our 
terrible tax rates and so forth, you know, the way we're not taxing the rich enough and everything. Um, don't have enough unions anymore. But also, <laughs> our population isn't isn't uh, exploding the way it was. So, you know, you weren't having like all these new people coming in, uh, uh, creating like new consumers to start buying things and new workers to start making things and just creating a lot of economic activity and growth. Is I mean, also, hey, also, we got to build houses for all these people and pave roads for them to live in and they got to have cars to drive and everything. And, and now we, uh, and schools for like, their kids. We were exactly. the only manufacturing center because everyone else was blown to hell. Yep. So, yeah, that's true. World we War II kind of did competition. A, did, like did kind of a number on the world. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there, there's all of that. Well, World War II helped us gin up all our industry, so that no, we, that's what I'm talking about. Post World War II. Yeah, everybody yeah. was bombed all to hell. You know, like everybody with like Europe was trying to re- rebuild its it itself, and not just its economy, mm-hmm. but its entire identity. You know, so yep. someone had to make all this stuff, and we're like. We'll do it because yeah. we already yeah. had the factories and everything set up Switch from over the from tanks back to cars. Exactly. Yep. Yep. So we'll cars. that that is a major like as a major part of the post war boom because we took advantage of the rest of the world being just screwed, completely screwed, flattened in part by us. But I also oh, want, yeah definitely <laughs> yeah. But I want to I also want to push back a bit on the or offer another sort of viewpoint on the uh, on the issue of rent control because you know I I think it's fair to say uh, uh, not all landlords are evil plenty of them are uh, but by no means all of them um, and we also have to uh, recognize that people who own a property if they you know if, if they can't rent it for enough money to cover their costs and you know property taxes and so forth then they're not going to do that and that is just as bad as everything's too expensive so nobody can afford it um and we want to try and find some kind of happy medium but um the thing about the government setting but you don't you know, want the market to do that you want government to do that i want the government to regulate the market because markets the idea of a market is people come in and they, you know, they use the, you know, their information they have, you know, they, what they know about what's going on and well, we've got these resources and this is what I want. So I'm going to try and get the best deal I can to get, you know, what I want. You know, I want a place to live. I want some extra income. So I'm going to try and, and rent it to somebody and, and whatever. Um, and that's fine. But part of what makes a market work is that you you have people in it who have roughly equivalent information and power as actors. So like one of the reasons why I get circling back to uh, why unions, I think, are a really important part of our, uh, our society and our economy um, is when you have enormous amounts of power in the, concentrated in the hands of, say, a few big studios, you know, who are part of the AMPTP, uh, who are basically just telling all the actors like, oh, if you want to be in film or television, you have to work for one of the, you know, the the dozen or so of us companies. And none of us are going to pay you more than 50 cents an hour for your work, peasant. If you if you don't like it, go work somewhere else. Um, and a lot of people really want to do these kinds of jobs, you know, 
working in film and TV and whatever, uh, either as actors or production people or directors or writers or whatever. Um, so before you go further, so you're saying that they're controlling the industry. So the role of independent film is to bust open competition, right? Independent film hires all those folks and offers yeah, them different amounts of money. Except it doesn't. You know, like like the idea that independent film, you know, small film studios can compete with uh uh, you know, Netflix and 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 Warner Disney Disney and so forth is absurd. Well, they sell them. They sell them to the studios, right? Oh, right. Oh, sure. Yeah. Okay. So there's that. But then at that point, they're not really competing because it's like Disney can just be like, oh, yes, you made a wonderful little indie film about like a plucky kid starting a chain of lemonade stands in Western Mass. That's awesome. Oh, but your deal was, you know, the people who made it get this much in residuals. That's more than we pay. So we're going to pass. And then every other distributing studio passes and suddenly you've made this film and nobody sees it. Yeah. I mean, that that's the thing like the, the indies, indie studios, they make a movie like A24. They don't have a distribution network. They can't get the, the movies to the people that should see them. So the studios still have control over that. And that's um, and that's aside from other issues like, oh, hey, I really like Mickey Mouse. Well, if you want to see a Mickey Mouse, see more Mickey Mouse stuff, it's really got to come from Disney because they own that stuff. So yeah, they own it. Right. Mm-hmm. So so I mean, we could like change uh, copyright law. Yeah. That, yeah, that we, would uh, that would that would put some guardrails on 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 stuff stuff. There's there's that the other thing. <laughs> um, you did not. Um, no bleeps here. Close. But uh uh, you know, not only uh, are, are there, you know, those specific issues that – but the, the the role of government is to create a marketplace so that, um, you know, people create will be looking at – Well, Both. create – by regulating, you create it because, you know, nobody actually goes out and does business if – you know, it's like, oh, well, uh, what happens if we take all our goods and load them on a cart and, you know, and travel a couple of days over to the nearest town and, and try and sell, you know, our industrial produce, our wool, you know, like, you know, like your peasants in the 14th century or whatever. And it's like, oh, well, what'll happen, you know, what'll happen is maybe you'll get over there and be able to sell all the stuff and make some good money and come back home. Or maybe all the local merchants will decide to freeze you out and you'll get, you'll basically have their crappy offer that is barely enough to make ends meet and you can take it or leave it or maybe you'll get attacked by roving bandits and you'll be have all your stuff taken away and if you're lucky uh you'll at least be still alive to walk home or they'll just kill you and leave you in a ditch um so that changes how uh you know the whole idea of like well is commerce worth it is you know what's what's going on with the marketplace you know is is there a marketplace when there's a tremendous risk of you know, people aren't participating because they don't want to die. Well, there isn't, you know, and that's what, let me finish, let me finish, let me finish, let me finish, let me finish. So like one of the things, no, 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 I I get it. It's just, but one of the things that, uh, you know, government does is, and, and we don't think about this, but part of creating a marketplace is law enforcement. You know, like there are laws like you can't say this is, you know, this food is safe for your kids to eat and it's full of arsenic, you know? You know, you can't sell a car saying, oh, yeah, it's totally safe. It has airbags and it doesn't, you know? Like, 
truth and labeling laws, consumer safety protection laws, um, uh, uh, you know, pure food and drug acts, all that stuff. That's all the government intervening to cre- to prevent shenanigans that prevent the creation of a marketplace. You know, like you know, people aren't gonna, people don't want to go out to eat uh, if they don't think the food is safe. And it's like, well, I know. Steve who runs a diner downtown, so I'll eat out there. But if I'm traveling, I don't necessarily want to eat someplace I've never heard of. Because Howard I mean, Johnson's. <laughs> right. I mean, that was but I mean that's part of the appeal of, of someplace like Howard Johnson's. But like when Wait, there's an appeal to Howard Johnson's now? There was back in the sixties and seventies. Okay, yeah. That's yeah, true. yeah, yeah. I loved Howard Johnson's when I was a kid. I, can't, I worked at a Howard Johnson's. That's when you were a kid? Wow. wow. Jeez. Anyway, I didn't know that. Oh, like you, 15 years ago, there was those, one in Hadley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What you think of those psychedelic colors, orange and turquoise? Somebody Ugh. had a psychotic break. I mean, it yeah. was from the 60s. So. It was the time. So, but, you know, so that's, that is, you're right. Like the people want to go out and, you know, I, I want to sell my extra apples so that I can get some cash and maybe, I don't know, buy the latest Taylor Swift album or whatever, you know, to mix times and venues and whatnot. But, you know, the, 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 the safety regulations, the reg, you know, the, the making the roads safe and easy to travel, that's all part of creating the marketplace. And then also saying like, okay, well, we also want to make sure that you don't have one or two people who come in and just control the market. Like, because they have so much, uh, uh, you know, because they have so much money that nobody can compete with them for prices. Or when it comes to paying employees buy up the competition right buy up yep. the competition um or when it comes to you know jobs it's like well you know if you want to work in the aerospace industry there's only a few companies you can work for and uh you know maybe they don't formally collude but they all kind of know what they're all paying their engineers to to do the work and you coming in, you don't necessarily know that. So, you know, you're like, can I get $70,000? And they're like, sure, we're paying this other guy two fifty. So sure, yeah, you can have 70. And you're like, woo, <laughs> you know, that's so, I'm, I, that's great, you know? And then like, oh, hey, you've been working hard, Mike. You can, we're going to give you a raise to $90,000. Wow, amazing. And they're still paying the other guy two fifty. You know, like that kind of uh, market, you know, unequal information creates market power and uh, ways to address that. Well, but ways to address that is like, well, people have to have unions. And uh, for example, that's a way to to deal with it. Or in, in housing, maybe rent control isn't the best way to do that. I am certainly not an expert on housing, but actions like that saying like, look, you can't jack your prices up this much or whatever, um, you know, preventing, the people who own stuff from squeezing the folks who don't is an important function of government in maintaining a stable society with a functioning marketplace for housing. And if we're, you know, if we're not going to say like, well, housing's a right, so just everybody gets housing and just that's how the, the government's doing it and you don't like it tough because housing's a right, you know, then, then those are the then then something like that has to happen. If you're going to have a market, um, the government does get to intervene in the market to help create and stabilize it. Anyway, right. that is my point. But, Thank you. Please, please respond. Let me <laughs> just, I got to, I got to ask this question because you keep, com, you keep conflating two things. The momentum create, is, that comes from 
does not come from government. Government what regulates. Mo- what do you mean momentum? Does, momentum, the demand. Oh, okay. Economic All right. Terms. Yeah, you know, I'm an that, ignoramus that, on that. So, like, demand. Got it. Okay, thank you. <laughs> yeah, so so the momentum, I mean, I think you're conflating the momentum and mixing that up with what government does. Government's more like like the, you know, throwing the cold water on the entrepreneur. It's it's the momentum comes from supply and demand, not from the government. So I just, I you kept saying that, like it was the government creates this market. No, they they may set rules that make it easier for a market to work or not work, but it the, the demand actually comes from well, other forces. The government, the government creates, well, people want stuff, but you know, government authority, however you, however it's construed in a time and a place and a whatever, um, how, whatever kind of society you have, whether it's hunter gatherers or big complex or you know urban conglomerates uh, or multi you know huge nations like ours, um, you know, government creates uh, essential preconditions to make that happen, and it's easy to forget that. You know, it's like the the thing, the, you know. What was it like eight, 10 years ago? You know, well, Barack Obama said, like, government. you know, sh- well, sure, before governments, but I mean, even then, you had societies with, you know, organizations of people. And the earliest forms of trade between hostile groups might be like, we leave a bunch of stuff out on the plains and we draw way back well, and then the other people come and look at it and then they leave you know they they take the stuff set aside the stuff they want and then they leave their counter offer and you know and there's negotiating like that and well, uh, sure. trade trade right. does ha- ha- did happen before organized civilization um yep. and government uh it's just that government makes it so uh trade doesn't hurt anybody as much as it can at least, I, hopefully, they do. Hopefully, yeah. That, yep. I mean that that is the that is the goal. And um, governments also can help create and stabilize the medium of exchange, which is to say, money. Yeah. Oh. So, um, I need a moment. Sorry, oh. Sue. So, so, well, <laughs> take take the take the mic for a second. What would you like to say? <laughs> Please. I, I I don't know. I'm just you know. I mean, <laughs> You're thinking about money too, aren't you? It's all right. Yeah, yeah that's why I work so hard. Um, He's you capitalist. You know, I, I am a capitalist, and it's like the rule of competition that efficiency is rewarded. That you have to align responsibility and authority. That risk and reward. That is the heartbeat of of what I like about America, which is capitalism. And it's it's the role of government should mostly stay out of the way unless there's a problem. And that's my opinion. But that's I'm really coming at this from a very different idea than the government's creating all this economic, you know, um, success. That it really is the motivation of individuals coming up with good ideas, or at least it's a very American thing, perhaps, that um, that it's, you know, it's it's the first, the person that's first with the idea, if they're quick and can patent it, does does very well. And if the person creates a big business and employs lots of people, you know, you don't you don't want to you don't want to squash it because that's what drives this country, in my opinion. So it's a, it's funny because I can see, I I see sort of how you think about it, and it's so different from the way I think about it. Well, you know that a property's owner risk and reward. Yeah. They won't invest in the property unless they can get the reward. And there's there there's there's one thing I wanted to ask actually. Uh, when you're talking about you you mentioned like the rewarding efficiency, right? 
Yes. What about quality? If there's a demand for that, you know, my cousin's an incredible cabinet maker Mm -hmm. and he can demand really high end, one of a kind, made from scratch things, you know, Mm -hmm. out of wood and other things. And, you know, there's a market for that and he finds the people that that's important to, but he doesn't, he doesn't make bunk beds anymore, you know, for kids because that's not his talent. There's people that can do that in an industrialized way that do a much better job and get the price down low. And, you know, they're made out of ash or whatever they're made out of. When you, when you have, when you rely on market forces, then that your cousin, your cousin, you said, yes. Okay. Your cousin might get squeezed out and it wouldn't just, we wouldn't just lose a quality craftsperson. We would but if lose. there's no market for it. Well, if there's no market for it, that's still something that we would lose culturally. This is this is what I'm talking about with Disney. Disney, uh, their caliber of movies has has not been as great in the past like 15 years. Uh, because their leadership, one of their leadership, was more focused on expansion and everything, but they still commodity. They skimped, yep, commodity. They skimped on some things because nobody else makes Disney movies. They 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 didn't produce like they bought Marvel. They produce quality stuff and Star and, Wars and Star Wars, and now it's kind of a mixed bag. And the the thing is that we don't. Like I understand, like when you make a product, you make a like a thingamazoo, and you and everybody else wanted to make a thingamazoo, but I, but you make the best one, and so you get to you're the first market, and you make the money, and like I understand that that's com- that's completely I understand, um, but then there's the I have been making thingamazoos for generations, we have perfected thingamazoos, the problem is that it's expensive to make them in this way. And nobody and now wants we're, to pay. And now, no, yeah, nobody wants to pay for it. This, it, but it also has the way that that thingamazoos have <laughs> have evolved through the generations have actually affected the way that our society functions. And now we're going to lose that because the last person that knows how to make thingamazoos, they can't afford to do it anymore. Like we have, like TV wristwatches. Yeah, watches, watches, television and movies, they are cultural forces. They have, like movies, TV, um, they have shaped our lives in ways that, in in so many ways. And if you, if you, if if the people that make this TV in, in these movies keep combining and keep saying, well, we don't need to make it we don't need to make them as like we're never going to see we haven't seen something as good as the lion king really like in a very long time maybe like sporadically you know like we we aren't going to see um stuff like like i'm 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 sounding like an old dude like well, it's not as good you know but like the well, what about avatar the new avatar is pretty intense i can't think of the name of I the guess, movie the way, of water, the, the way of water, James Cameron, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, there's that. That's maybe, Very but it's not end. as it, it. It's high end. Is it? 
it, it, it's not as culturally significant. Nobody has talked. This is the first time I've heard of that movie since it stopped airing commercials. Yeah. That that's Nobody the thing. Nobody went to like, see it. it yep. Yeah. And like, like, and it's, it's very, it's high end. It's technical. It, it has the technology made to make it and it's beautiful. I know. But the, the fact that they made this movie and like Avatar, like the original Avatar, nobody talks about Avatar except to, for the technology. Yeah. It wasn't a cultural touchstone. We don't have a lot of those. And through like there, there are eras in TV and movies where that, that was just a thing. And it's usually when the, um, when there's a lot of competition, Sue, competition right good. and there's good. a lot of good. and there and there's just a lot of uh creative freedom people are able to write and people are able to act as their positions as their jobs and they're able to focus on that bringing you back to the, what we started with if a writer can only can only write so often because they actually have to have a full-time job to pay for the rent in Los Angeles because you have to be in Los Angeles like to be an actor and it's you don't have to be in Los Angeles to be a writer but it's very very good to start off there if they can't write all the if they can't focus on their craft then what then then it's not going to be as good it's and we're not going to see such amazing uh stuff anymore like tv movies things like that thingamazoos you know so the, really the fact think, that hmm? do you do really I, think that government the government could could make that come back no i don't either no i, I no. don't think so the what what would make it come back what what could make it come back is more creative freedom and paying people enough to survive paying paying people enough that they can focus on their craft and making and making things and acting things into the best of their ability instead of having a, an assembly line because that's where great art comes from and we can't lose art it is vital to our society and the unions can help uh, the people who make that art actually get their fair piece of the pie and the role of government is in part to pass laws that allow unions to function, to say like, no, you can go on strike. They cannot fire you. They have to sit down and negotiate with you, you know, like stuff like that. So, you know, it's, I, I agree. I don't think government should come in and just mandate what movie studios should do, but allowing the the small separate actors of the the writers and the actors and everybody else to come together and bargain as a unit when you have these few conglomerations of wealth and power that are the production studios, so that it's a more equal back and forth between the the the, the forces at play, the the people and their interests, that I think is a, is a is a good thing, and that's Sue something government can do. Sue, fifteen seconds. Yes. Last your word. guy, but your guy Biden says you just need a little breathing room. That's yeah. what you need, some breathing room. Don't we all? Yes. Don't we all? Yeah. That's the problem. That's uh -huh. what we're going for. Yeah. Hey, yeah. we we ended on a, on a, a green note. Uh, yay for everybody. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> we just it's pay, pay, pay people what they're worth. Yeah. Just pay them what they're worth. 
Let them let them survive. That's all we need. We just need people to be able to feed themselves and house themselves while they're working full-time jobs. That's all. That's all. Any, any super rich people listening, remember what my dad, the investment banker, used to say. Learn the meaning of the word enough. Oh, that one. Yeah, well. <laughs> tell tell it to David Zoslov. Ah, uh, well. Anyway, uh, I'll hear the music. Sue, John, I really enjoyed talking with you guys about this tonight. I, I really appreciate you guys uh, making the time to do it with me. Um, thank you. Ditto. Sure. All right. So we gotta we gotta wrap up here. So that's gonna do it for civil politics tonight here on Valley Free Radio. Coming up next is subculture, followed by table of contents at ten, and then OK Asia at midnight. Uh, we'll have a podcast of the show going out uh, tomorrow morning, uh, just after midnight, and we got a repeat broadcast Monday afternoon at four p.m. And if you have anything you want to say to us, email contact at civilpoliticsradio.com. Thanks very much. Good night. Civil Politics is a member of the Planetside Podcast Network. To learn more, go to planetsidepodcasts.com. Are we are we paid what we're worth? Uh, we're not paid anything, so arguably <laughs> oh, yes. So yes, okay. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. <laughs>